Hey, kings and queens. Let's take a moment and talk about Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android operating systems. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. So stop scrolling and start listening. They have podcasts as well. You can explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcast, The Thing About Us, is there too. To download and use Newsly, just go to www.newsly.me. If you want to receive a one-month free premium subscription, use the promo code about us. The O is a zero, so it would be A-B-0-U-T-U-S. Hey, kings and queens, welcome to the Thing About Us podcast. I am your host, Fiona, and I am solo dolo for the evening. It's a special occasion because this is our 50th episode. Not only is it our 50th episode, I turned 50 this week, so I said I was going to give this solo thing a try. I'm a little nervous, so y'all bear with me. If I bumble, fumble, you hear a few crashes and bangs in the background. Uh, give me a little grace, because I am also manning our little motherboard here for the first time. Um, but before I get started, even though I'm solo dolo this week, my husband has given me a bit of homework to do. Make sure I give a shout out on the show. So I want to give a shout out to Mario Rivera from the podcast. My therapist made me do this podcast. Um, he made the Good Pods recommendation list. And so we want to give him congratulations and a shout out. He's doing good work over there. So if any of you get a chance to tune in, check him out. My therapist made me do it podcast. So, yeah, this is the week of 50s, 50th episode, 50th birthday, my 50th rotation around the sun. Um, so my week has been great, honestly. Started the festivities on Tuesday, headed over to Taco Tuesday at Club Cedar. And if you are from Louisville, you know what I mean when I say Club Cedar. Most of you um, know what I mean when I say Club Cedar. Uh, good grub, good atmosphere. So we hung out there a little after work, happy hours type of deal. And then DJ Chaos came through on the ones and twos and spun a little bit. Kind of made me miss my brother because he played all the, I guess what my kids now will call the oldies. But another way I celebrated my birthday this week is I did an online fundraiser. And I know some of you may have seen them on Facebook when people pick a, a charity or a cause that they want to have people donate to for their um, birthday. And so I did that. And my charity was the Sickle Cell Association of Kentucky. And so for my listeners out there who have been tuned in for a while, I kind of know the history. I have lost several loved ones to the disease, and I wanted to just do that in their honor. Um, so I want to give a huge thank you to Percy Thornton, Rachel Kohler, Connie Kohler, 
uh, Lindsay Evans and Uncle Ron Johnson, who contributed to my uh, fundraiser and to a good cause. I will say that I did last week attend the Sickle Cell uh, of Kentucky Gala, and it was a nice time. It was a really nice event, and it was good hearing from those youth who shared their stories and then talked about their hopes for the future. So, yeah, that's how I started out for my week on Tuesday. And then the official birthday was Thursday. Yes, I went to work. I didn't call in. I could do this. I'm a soldier, right? Yeah, at least I still think I got it. But it was a great day. And so my students and the staff, they showed me so much love. I had one of my students who on Wednesday sat down and wrote some handwritten notes. And I guess her and her crew uh, during uh, one of their bathroom breaks uh, decided to go around and stick these notes in the mailbox of the teachers telling them that my birthday was tomorrow and to bring me something red. So I guess that was the surprise. And I thought it was really sweet because that when I came into work that morning, she had made me a handwritten card. And in the card, she said, I didn't have money to get you anything, but I still wanted to make sure that your day was special. And days like this is when it's all worth it. It's all worth it. She was one of my little Sour Patch kids, but, you know, they have good hearts. They have good hearts. Um, so, yeah, that was Thursday. We had fun, hung out, and uh, Thursday night did birthday dinner with uh, my sisters and a friend checked out Dasha Barber's it was really nice the food was great good atmosphere good people great service so I would also highly recommend um, if you haven't tried it try it out it's down on Main Street and then afterwards we moseyed on over to the groove and party with the bros for a little bit Uh, nice time just a little laid back atmosphere had karaoke DJ Reggie Reg was on the ones and twos <laughs> for karaoke but that was good and I kind of um, wrapped up my week doing a drag brunch at Le Moo with uh, again some of my girlfriends lo- lo- lifelong it almost seems like but I guess you could say that when you're as old as I am now right <laughs> but we had a good time and you know Gearing up to my 50th birthday, you know, you think it's such a big milestone. I wanted to plan something big. I didn't want to do a party, but I, you know, kind of like maybe a trip, a girl's trip or a couple's trip or a family trip. But the more I thought about it, the more I just kind of wanted to, I ended up just using the time for reflection because I couldn't make up my mind on what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And as time went on, You know, it just got kind of too late to really plan anything. But I think it was because, you know, I have so many people who were so close to me in life that didn't make it to 50. And I just just wanted to reflect. So um, this episode is going to be my solo debut. I'll give you a little more of an intimate glimpse of who I am outside of being the co-host of the Thing About Us podcast, and we are celebrating 50 episodes, 50 episodes later. I would have never thought that I would ever be doing a podcast, and this was really my husband's baby. It was his his pet project. It's something that he has always wanted to do, so naturally when he invited me to go along this journey with him, it was a no-brainer. You know, I always 
want to support him in anything he does. And it's been a really good journey thus far. We've learned a lot about each other. And I'm telling you, it has really it has brought us closer. You know, we don't consider ourselves necessarily to be relationship experts. But I do think we have something good here. And we love sharing our experiences and our advice with you. And I hope you all enjoy it, too, because that's what makes that's what makes it all worthwhile. Oh, I remember how nervous I was the very first time we recorded. I I mean, we probably, it probably took about 30, 35 minutes for me to even get up the nerve to even begin. I felt like I was a kid just shaking in my boots. And who would even think that I would be that nervous speaking in front of people when I'm a teacher? I do it all day, every day. But it was just something different, and I still got a little bit of those nerves now. just want to make sure that um, I'm giving you some content that you would enjoy, that, you know, you find interesting. Uh, so I'm so thankful to have been able to, to be able to share this journey with you all and to share this journey with you all, doing it with my forever love. Boy, and I tell you, you know, we've talked about it before, how we've started as friends first. And when it comes to relationships, if I were to give anybody, any uh, any of you advice, you know, going into relationships is have be be friends first, have a good, solid foundation. Um, and it's not always easy to do when you are initially attracted to someone, you know, and you're seeking to date out. But I remember the very first time I saw him and um, his, like I said, I've said his sister was my nail tech. She used to do my nails. And I came over, well, I was getting my nails done and he came over after work. I just, you know, to chill, you know, how you do with your family, stop by, holler, say hi. And if you listened last week, you heard him ask me about him not being my type. So the question he posed to me, I, you know, he was like, I've heard you say that I'm not your type. And what is your type? And I go on to say, you know, when you have in your mind the kind of guy you meet, you know, feels out I wanted him tall. I wanted him dark, you know. Then you have the personality characteristics, funny, compassionate, caring, goal-oriented, blah, blah, blah. But when I met him the first time, he was, I was not physically attracted to him. But I was attracted to his energy, and I don't know what it was about him that drew me in. You know, I felt it thin. But like I said, you know, it wasn't a, uh, you know, we were trying to talk to each other or anything. Like I said, he just stopped by. But when the time, when the opportunity, I will say when the opportunity presented itself, I definitely slid in his inbox and I don't regret it for a day not for one minute um it's something about and it's still something about him his energy that still draws me into this day you know you hear people talk about oh I still get butterflies you know uh, he still gives me that funny feeling and he really does and I'm gonna tell y'all but don't tell him because you know how you hate it when you want to be mad at somebody and he'll give you give me that look or or reach out and touch my shoulder, touch my arm. I just mad cause I can't be mad no more. Just like a, a giggly teenager. Giggly teenager. Uh thinking about, you know, the first time he ever 
you know, touch me. Not even, and I'm not talking sexual, y'all. But, you know, it just gives me chills just thinking about it. But I under, but it just makes me understand when people say that he still gives me butterf- butterflies. Had me over here grinning like a love-struck teenager. And don't get me wrong, y'all, because y'all know sometimes he does hit that nerve. But um, I'll give you an update while I'm here. Those jeans, they're gone. The sweatpants, they're gone. So, hey, I got I got my way a little bit. But, um, yeah, so that's the 50 episodes of the Thing About Us podcast. You know, some days it's been a struggle to come up with new content, you guys, you know, so we're not just being repetitive, you know, saying the same things over and over. And I would like to think it's not just a romantic relationship podcast. It's also, you know, everyday, day-to-day relationships, whether it's your coworkers, colleagues, friends, and family. You know, hopefully we give a little something uh, for everybody out there that you can relate to. And, and you know, so it's real because <laughs> he caught me off guard with that. Who? What was your type question last week? So we do do some preparation, but uh, a lot of it is off the cuff, as you can tell by the banter back and forth. But, yeah, that's 50 years of the podcast, and now we're talking about 50 years of life. And there, you know, have been times when you think or when I've thought to myself, I never would have made it. I never would have made it because, you know, in 50 years, you know, you've gone through some things. You know, if you ever hear old people tell you, um, if you've never been through a storm, keep living. It'll come. And over these 50 years, the storms have come and gone and come and gone. And I've been blessed to see 50 years, and I don't take it lightly. Because like I said, there have been so many in my life that have gone before me. And I've suffered, you know, a lot of loss in these 50 years. And it's truly changed my outlook. When you go through things, um, big things in life, you know, you let a lot roll off your back. Things that used to bother you don't bother you anymore because in the grand scheme of things, it's it's minutia. It's little. It's not worth it. It's all about positive energy and living, living life to the fullest. You know, reflecting on those who have gone before me. I've lost my mom, my grandma, sister, brother, nephew, um, dad, I mean, countless, you know, friends. And, you know, it's just, it kind of puts things into perspective for you. And I know my husband, he's going to swear that I share too much. Uh, but 50 has come with great reflection. You know, I was born into a two-parent household, lower middle class. We lived in a home. Um, and all that, you know, changed overnight. I remember being in third grade when my parents split up. And my parents weren't the type to argue or anything. So it was just like we woke up one day and we were moving back in with our grandma. So it's just going from normal, comfortable, everyday life to all of a sudden four people in a one-bedroom apartment. So, you know, I've been, you know, all across the spectrum. I was that... uh, in and out of the, you know, in and out of the projects when we had to stay with my grandma, like I said. But I was that child who uh, society would count out, you know. 
not go to college. But luckily, I was lucky enough um, in high school, I went to DuPont Manual High School, and I had a counselor who, Geneva or Genevieve, Geneva Churchill is who she was, and I was staying after school for a rehearsal, a band rehearsal. We had a concert going on, and she just happened to pull me in her office from the hallway. I think I was going to the bathroom and sat me down right there, pulled out some college applications and had me fill them out. And had it not been for her, her, you know, who knows if I would have even, you know, gotten that far to do that. But it just goes to show, you know, there are people who are placed in your lives certain times for certain purposes. And she was a blessing to me because of her, I was able to do um what a lot of people in my circumstance at the time could not or would not have had the opportunity to do. And that's why, like a lot of organizations that I'm in and I've joined, is because somebody poured into me so that I could become better. And so on that same scale, I want to be able to pour into others so that they can succeed, you know, be that hope for somebody else. Um so, yeah, I went to college. My lifelong dream was to be a teacher, and I had never, ever wanted to be anything else, and now I am she. I am in my, Lord, I'm getting so old, I'm having a hard time remembering, 25th, 24th, 25th, 24th year of teaching. And so it's coming to the end of my journey. Um, teaching now is not what it was back then, but I love it, but it's also, I feel like um, the path, my course is changing. It's time to wrap up this chapter and go into the next, you know. But it was in college that I did have my first, that's when I suffered my first loss. It was devastating. My mother passed, and my mother had been sick for a while. She, while I was in college, she had gotten sick. Um, she suffered from a disease a disease called sarcoidosis, uh, sarcoidosis, I'm sorry. And that's a disease that's characterized by the growth of little tiny collections of inflammatory cells or what they call granulomas. And they grow on soft tissue parts of the body, most commonly lungs and lymph nodes. And that's what happened to her. They attacked her, her lungs and her lymph nodes. And so you have these growths on um she had these growths that were basically inoperable. And I remember being in college, and she spent five months in the hospital. And I was away, so it affected me, but I wasn't there to see, you know, to see her in that hospital bed every day. So knowing that she was sick, it affected me, but I was still kind of removed for the situation. And I will never forget when I got the call. And when I got the call, it wasn't that she had passed away. It was just that your mama's sick and they have taken her back to the hospital and you need to come home. And so I'm calling around to, I called home and nobody answered. You know, as I had finally gotten a ride, um, one of my sorority sisters was going to bring me home. So I got my things and I was trying to call to see if I needed to come home or if I needed to just go straight to the hospital. And I called um, the house and I didn't get an answer. So then, you know, you start going, scrolling through the list of family members. And I called my grandma's house and nobody answered. And then I called 
my auntie's house and nobody answers. So I'm going through the list. And then I call my house and my grandmother answered, which was kind of odd. But, you know, I'm just worried about getting home because my mom was sick. And I remember coming home and I remember walking through the front door. And when I walked in the front door, looked in, in the living room, and on the couch, I see my auntie, my cousins. Um, I saw my uncle. I walked to the kitchen, and then I saw my grandmother. I saw my other aunties, and I saw my stepdad. And I'm just, I'm in a daze. And it seemed like that was, it seemed like that walk, you know, just from the living, from the front door to the kitchen was slow motion. It seemed like it lasted maybe an hour. And it couldn't have been but a couple sec, you know, 30 seconds maybe. And I'm looking, I'm like, why is everybody here and you're not at the hospital? And so my stepdad looks at me, he was like, I guess you know. And I'm thinking to myself, I know what? And that's when he told me. And I was devastated. I had never suffered a loss before, let alone your mom. I was 22, I was in college, and I had never hurt that bad in my life. It's just the, you know, people have gone through things like that. Emotional pain is is much worse than the physical pain, and I didn't think I was going to make it. It was, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, and so that was my first loss. Unfortunately, it wasn't my last. Oh, my grandmother passed away two years later. Um, you know, I've lost um, my mother, my grandmother, and then my sister died. And when my mom died, worst feeling ever, if anyone who's lost a parent, you think, you know, what do you do in life without your mom? It's like your mom is everything to you. And so when I lost my sister, it was different. It was a different kind of loss. And it's not to say it was less of a loss. In a sense, I almost felt like it was more of a loss. And I say that because when my sister passed away, it was like I lost a part of my childhood. And for those of you who have siblings out there, you know, you just think of all the memories that you share you know, the first memories you have, you know, include them. All of the major milestones include them. You know, when you have brothers and sisters, those are the people who you tell the secrets that nobody else knows about. And I really, that was a hard one. It, you know, I, I lost a piece of myself with that. And just in dealing with when my mom passed away, I ended up coming home from college, from Moorhead. I transferred to UofL, you know, just to help out because my youngest sister was only five at the time. And then losing my sister. When I lost my sister, she had two kids. So I took on her two kids. And, you know, that was a big responsibility, but I wouldn't have had it any other way because you know how it is when it comes to family and situations like that. You come together, you do what you have to do. Uh but it was it was it was different it was different just not having my sister and you looking into their eyes knowing 
that, you know, the promise I made to my sister that I would take care of them. And a year later after my sister passed away, you know, I was married. I had two children of my own, so it was like overnight. I became a mother of four. And then I ended up being divorced. And like I said, just I was diagnosed with cancer. So after that, you know, and that's what I mean when I say just thinking about it. You never know someone's story, the things that they go through. I was 38, divorced, four kids, diagnosed with cancer. And that was a blow because, I mean, that's not something you think about ever happening to you, especially if, you know, you don't have a history of it in your family. No one in my family had been diagnosed with cancer before or who even passed away. So that in itself, the big C, and I will never forget um, I'd found the lump. And it was actually the second time I had found the lump, and I had forgotten about it from the first time. So I made my appointment. You go in, mammograms. I got the call. It was the day before. It was the last, the day before spring, uh, Christmas break. And I got the call that, yes, it was cancer. And I will never forget going in to the office, you know, receiving my diagnosis. I was 38, diagnosed stage four, HER2 positive, cancer, and I think the most traumatic things I remember, yeah, cancer's traumatic, but the thought of, one, I knew I was I was gonna lose my hair because I had to go through chemo. I was gonna have to do six months of chemotherapy, um, six weeks of radiation, and because of the cancer I had, and, you know, I found one lump, but when the reports come back, you know, I ended up having maybe five, and so I had to have mastectomy, so it was just, you know, those things put life in perspective for you, you know, the things that used to bother you don't bother you anymore, you don't deal with trivial things, you know, um, just a lot, just a lot. And, you know, I never, going through all that and having my diagnosis, I never questioned why me when it came to cancer. Um, it wasn't an easy journey, and I was, it wasn't, you know, all roses and everything because I went through a lot. I went through three surgeries in two months, we talk about I had staph infection, and oh, if anyone has ever had surgery and had those drainage tubes, those were the death of me, because they attach those, you know, you have the tubes draining the fluid, you know, from your surgery site, but the drains are attached to the skin with these little thin-like wires, and they cause me more pain, I think, than the surgery itself. But, you know, I remember just one particular day um, going through treatments. I had had my surgery. I finally had the drainage tubes removed. And so I was feeling good because I was so uncomfortable all the time and so much pain. So I got up, you know, I was going to dress up, make up her, feeling like a million bucks. Having gone through all of that, I hadn't felt good in a long time. So, you know, 
over the moon. Glad to be able to get out of the house and not have to worry about the pain and had doctor's appointments that day. And I will never forget it because um, this was the appointment with the doctor who was going to handle my chemotherapy. And you go through all the poking and the prodding. And this doctor, he was, um, he didn't have the greatest bedside manner. He wasn't a warm, fuzzy doctor. He wasn't rude or anything. He just wasn't a very compassionate person. When he gave it to you, he gave it to you, you know, just straight. You know, he sat me down and told me that the cancer I had was aggressive. He told me that if I didn't have any more treatment and walk out of there, I had a 50 to 60% chance that the cancer would return. He told me I had to have chemotherapy, and they t he told me I had to have the, the, limo, uh, the limo treatment, which was, you know, some of the strongest of the chemotherapy treatments they had. He said having chemotherapy re would reduce those chances 10 to 15%, and then radiation will begin uh, four months later, and that would lower my percentage of recurrence even more. I tested for the gene, so it wasn't genetic, like I said. Um, so he gave me all that, told me six months radiation, five, six weeks of, uh, no, six months of chemotherapy, six weeks of radiation, five years of having to take tamoxifen, because I was hurt, because I, I tested positive for her too. And I remember just feeling numb. It's like I felt all of the air escape my body. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't even cry. And I just stared at him. I don't remember anything he said after that. I just, at that point, remember thinking, what if I'm going to die? What if I'm going to die? So reflecting on my 50 years, I've been through a lot. I've had a lot of loss. You know, I told you my mother died a year later. My grandmother died. And my sister died. And I took her two kids. I finished all my cancer treatments. And I'm finally thinking, you know, I'm on the upswing. I'm going to be well. I've beat this thing. And then my nephew, 16 years, 16 years old, passes away almost the same way his mom did, both from sickle cell devastated because he was living with me he was my baby now you know so boom a few years later my um brother passed away four years ago three three and a half four years ago sickle cell and it's just been like one blow after another and when my brother passed away you know if you've listened we've talked about grief a little bit um, and that's going to be an episode we're going to do on grief because my husband has suffered some losses as well. But it took the wind out of me. And when my brother passed away, I felt broken. It was different. It was something I couldn't shake. And I ended up going to therapy because of how, you know, how traumatized I was. And that's when I realized I hadn't fully dealt with the deaths of my siblings, my mothers, the, any of I hadn't processed any of them the way I should have. So when my brother passed away, that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's why, you know, you often hear us also talk about being components for mental health. Take care of yourself. 
take care of yourself. When you go through things, you know, don't compare what you go through to what somebody else goes through. Your trauma is your trauma, and you have to deal with it as such. So, 50 years around the sun, I've had a lot of good times. I've had a lot of bad times. I've had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Uh, And it reminds me of the song, I Won't Complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I've been through so much. I've lost so much, but I've also gained a lot in my life as far as perspective. I've gained gratitude, appreciation, um, positivity, you know, live life. So 50 episodes with millions more to go. It won't be millions, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm glad to be able to share with you all. Um, And 50 years of life, the highs, the lows. Hearing all that, and, you know, it's just kind of scratch the surface, just to give you a little bit of me behind the scenes. I always, and we always want to leave you with a message. So... For our 50th episode and for my 50th birthday, I'm going to leave you with these things. One, laugh often. Two, follow your dreams. It's never too late. Three, don't settle. We live this life one time and you deserve the best. Number four, love hard and don't hold back even if it hurts. Pure love is amazing. Don't wait for others to believe in you. Believe in yourself. You get to choose the life you want. You could harp on the negative. The more energy you give the negative things in your life, the more negative energy you will have in your life. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And last... When you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. That's a song. Um, And those lyrics, like, really stood out to me. So thank you guys for sitting in with me and listening, um, sharing 50 episodes with us, listening to me ramble on about 50 years of life. And I thank God for every day, every minute, because, you know, without him, none of it would be possible. None of it would be possible. And so before I go out, um, I have to tell you to catch us. You can catch our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook at The Thing About Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's The Thing underscore About Us Podcast. You can also catch us on Good Pods. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for sharing and sharing with me. Um, live. I'm not going